This is episode 175, and this is Ryan Levesque. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha. My name is Adam Lewis Walker, former athlete and teacher, now turned lifestyle and entrepreneur coach. I'm your humble guide on this journey to awaken your alpha. Each week we bring you the world's most successful minds to inspire you to act on your true potential. It's all about rising up to the next level to pursue your ultimate lifestyle and create your legacy. It is time to awaken your alpha. Okay, guys, so welcome back to Awaken Your Alpha. We have a brilliant one for you today. This is a long-awaited one for me, and I'm really looking forward to it. This is that this guy comes highly recommended, and the more I hear about him, the more I look into him, it's all good things. We have Ryan Levesque on the line. He is a number one best-selling author of the book, Ask. In 2008, armed with nothing but a $450 laptop, an Ivy League background in neuroscience and an insatiable curiosity to understand why people buy. Ryan left a lucrative career on Wall Street and later in Shanghai, China, to launch a multi-million dollar online publishing business selling information and software using what's now become the Ask Formula as taught in his number one best-selling book. Since then, Ryan has used the Ask Formula to help build multi-million dollar businesses in 23 different industries generating over $100 million in sales in the process. Today, he and his team offer training, consulting, and implementation services for entrepreneurs and businesses at all levels. So, obviously, I'm going to ask lots of questions, and this is all about ask. So, we're going to find out what that is, what it means, what the formula is. Uh, but firstly, Ryan, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I am ready, my man. I have been looking forward to this. I am pumped to be here. So let's do it. Awesome. So, I mean, thank you so much for taking the, the time to speak to me today because um, that's another thing I hear as well. You've got a lot going on. You're a busy man, super uh, productive, super efficient. And uh, what's, what's the background? We got a little bit about there. You were like on Wall Street. What were you actually doing? Like, we want to know your origin, your alpha origin stories. Where are you coming from to get to this point? Sure. So uh, the nutshell version is I grew up in, in America, what we call a, a blue collar working class family, first person in my family ever to go to college. So when not only did I get into college, but was fortunate enough to get into an Ivy League school, which is kind of it's a prestigious one of the top eight universities in the United States. And so it was a really big deal for my extended family to go there. And I went with the intention on becoming a neuroscientist. I thought I was going to go to either medical school or get a PhD in neuroscience. And the reason why I attended Brown was because it had the top program in the country. And at Brown, I realized that that's not what I wanted to do. I was really fascinated with the brain, but I didn't want to spend my life in a lab. And between you and me, I really wasn't smart enough to do that. <laughs> so I had to find another way. Um, at the same time, I was really fascinated with investing and the psychology of capital markets. And one of the things that I tell in the book, Ask, is the story of how when I was 10 years old, I transformed a $5,000 inheritance that my grandparents left me into $85,000 as a kid by oh, investing yeah. in the stock market. And that's the way I was able to actually attend college and pay for it is because of that. And so I, after college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I said, well, let me give it a shot. Let me work on Wall Street. And so I worked in the investment management division of the investment bank Goldman Sachs. And there I realized that I was passionate about investing, but not in, in that environment. 
At the yeah. same time, I was also really interested in, in this random interest in, in Chinese and doing business in China and, and heading to the wild, wild west and, and really doing something cool. Yeah. And I, I speak Chinese. And so I, I took an opportunity, a position that put me in Shanghai, China, opening up sales offices around the country. So at the end of it, I had a team of 24 people. I was running around the country. I was living in so you know, how hotels. Old you, how old were you at this point? I was. Uh, I had a team of 24 people reporting to me when I was 24 years old, um, and so I was. Uh, I had many awkward. You, you look at me now, and I don't look very old. Uh, I joke that I, if I if I was clean shaven right now, I could do a 21 Jump Street and head back into oh, high school and be man, an undercover cop. I love cop. that. Yeah, if if I have a clean shave as well, it just knocks years off. So that, yeah, keep that <laughs> you in your do. back you pocket. When you actually get face. older, older, then you can just have a clean shave, and yeah, you'd be all good. <laughs> so you can totally relate. You've got a, a very youthful face as well. So I would get questions all the time. I had people in their 30s and 40s reporting to me, and they'd say. Um, how old are you? And I'd be very coy about it. I'd say, well, how old do you think I am? And they'd throw a number out there and I'd just smile because I didn't want to admit how young I was. Yeah. Um, but, but at that time, I realized that as, as, as great as the, all of that sounded, I felt really empty yeah. inside. And talking about awakening the alpha, I had this moment. It was sort of a dark moment in my life. And I tell this story in the book. And it's a letter that I wrote. It was really a letter to myself but I addressed it to my mom. And it was really a letter about how the fire inside of me had almost extinguished. It was almost disappeared. It had almost just disappeared. And there was just this, this tiny little ember that was left. And I wrote and I said, if I don't do something about this now, the fire is going to be out. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to ignite it again. Mm. And I said, I'm going to do something pretty extreme. Um, I said, within six months, I'm going to be quitting my job. Um, I've got this money-making project I'm working on in the background. It's totally legal, um, and uh, people have succeeded using this model before, and I know that it's probably going to be the toughest thing that I've ever done in my life. You're not going to understand it. You're going to ask, why are you walking away from this cushy six-figure job with all these benefits and perks and all this to, to start all over again and put yourself in a room and, and start from square one? You're not going to understand it. People are not going to understand it, but someday they will. And that was eight years ago. Yeah. And today they understand. Back then, there was only one person in the world that believed in me, and it was my wife. Even my parents thought I was an idiot for what I was doing. They thought I was throwing I bet, away my yeah. future. Yeah. And if anybody can relate to that, listening to this, if you've ever been in that position before where you said, you know, you had something more to give that you had something that you wanted to do, that you wanted to impact the world, and people didn't believe you, and it involved walking away from mediocrity in order to do something great, well, that's where I was. Yeah. And it's tough. I've been in that position. I've walked away from making all this money to going to what I call the tuna fish sandwich days, where you're living on a very low budget, you're really <laughs> focused on your business. Uh, the impetus for me then was I walked into my office one day, and there was a Wall Street Journal, Asia edition, from that day, sitting on my desk. And at the time, I was working for the company AIG. And the headline for the newspaper, Adam, read, AIG to file for bankruptcy. Ooh. And that was the kick in the butt that I needed to say, all right, today's was, the day. I literally... Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, because a lot of times, like you say, this has been brewing up. And a lot of times... It's like a, a slow death sometimes. You need something. And people ask, like, what's that awakening moment? Because it's, it's very tough. Like You've been think, obviously thinking about it for a while, but it needs yeah. something, that tipping point and something like that just to really push, push you over the edge and make you do it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, that day, literally that day, I typed up my resignation letter, printed it out on my computer in my office, signed it, walked into our CEO's office, who is my boss, and handed it on his desk, and I said, you're not going to be thrilled to be receiving this, but I have to do this. And the excuse I gave him, Adam, I said was because I have to be with my wife. Like I don't want to be. We're living in two different countries. She was, you know, doing her PhD. I was, I was traveling around China, and I said I don't want to be apart anymore. We want to be together, which was true. But the bigger truth was now is the time. Yeah. Now is the time that I was going to put everything into launching our first business. The thing I like about that as well is like a lot of people have seen that that Wall Street Journal headline that AIG is going bankrupt and they would have like either hung on and then, you know, it's I think it's when you see stuff like that, it's good to have a bit of anticipation and, you know, <laughs> go before you get pushed really. <laughs> yeah, goes, yeah, I mean, you know, you can, you can pull the Band-Aid off slow <laughs> and you can talk about it and worry about it and think about it. You just rip the Band-Aid off. And I've learned that you just rip the Band-Aid off and move on. And... I was saddened because I had so many friends and colleagues yeah. who were living through, you know, a year of uncertainty. Is the company going out of business? Are we going to stick around? Well, the U.S. government ended up bailing out AIG, so everyone, for the most part, ended up being fine. But a lot of people left. Yeah. A lot of people left. And they moved on to different things. And I think people who knew me then, who know me now, I don't think they're surprised at what they've seen. Mm. But I think they look at at their path. And they almost wish that when they got that same headline, they used that opportunity to do the same thing. Yeah. And so for anybody listening to this now, think about that. Think about when your Wall Street Journal moment happens, when it lands on your desk figuratively, and you have this opportunity, and you're faced with a fork in the road. I know for a fact that the people in my life who didn't take the path that they really wanted to take because they were afraid, they look back and if they could go back in that time machine, they want a do-over. Yeah. They want a mulligan. I'll tell you <laughs> right here, right now, I don't want a do-over. No. I would do it exactly the same. So rip that Band-Aid off fast. Say, the Band-Aid thing the is a, a good thing as well because, yeah, at the moment we're heavily into the process of moving to the States, me and my wife. Oh, really? And God, we'd, I'm trying to, again, because my family's very close, so this is it's killing my mum. So I'm just, like, the longer it goes on, the more painful it is. I just want to rip the Band-Aid, and we're trying to get there. And it is, you start questioning yourself, and it's not, the fear is there. It's not an easy decision, but I just want to get it done. I just want to get over there, experience it, you know, try it out. There's no more theory, really. You can, you know, plan what's going to happen. You just got to get out there or rip the Band-Aid off and uh, jump in. So, <laughs> awesome. Totally. Totally. Where are, you, where are you guys planning on landing? Did you decide? Uh, Northern Michigan to start with because uh, the wife's got a lot of family there. I know it's not the, the usual hot spots. <laughs> I see the Michigan State shirt. I was going to ask you about yeah, that. This is, yeah, we go there every summer um, and we've we got two young boys. So it's going to be, it's all very outdoorsy, awesome to bring out the kids. And family's important to us. And so uh, if we're Good not going to be you. here with my family, we're going to be there with her family. So yeah, Good for you guys. We, we check it out. It's going to be awesome. Actually, that's one thing we didn't mention in the interview. Where are you uh, coming from today? I'm based in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. So, okay. Yeah, based, you can tell from my accent, yeah. I did not grow up in Texas. I grew up outside of Boston in the yeah. Northeast. But as I tell people, you marry a Texan, you move to Texas. That's just the rule. <laughs> <laughs> Started our business in, um, in Hong Kong. And uh, in Shanghai and Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And it was in the most obscure market. It was in this market where we were teaching people how to make jewelry 
using Scrabble tiles and origami paper. So the tiles <laughs> See, from the You went game with your Scrabble. passion first then, blimey. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. No, it was really a great lesson around following where the money is. And yeah. so it was a market where my wife literally, we're struggling in what business we wanted to start. And I was, I mean, Adam, I was all over the map. At one point I thought maybe we'll start an import export company. At another, another point I thought maybe we'll, we'll start a company teaching people foreigners Chinese, like I'm, I'm learning Mandarin. Yeah. She said, she sent me this link on Skype. She says, click on this link, check it out. These people are making like a thousand dollars a day selling these little necklaces, this jewelry that has a little Scrabble tile, origami paper, and treated in a certain way to look like a tile, like a yeah. ceramic tile. And people are loving this. Look, they're making like a thousand dollars a day. And so we kind of got excited about this idea. We're like, we have all this opportunity. We have access to inexpensive labor so we can have people here making the jewelry. So we're like, this is going to be our thing. And then we said, wait, wait, time out a second. Why do we want to do this? So one of the reasons why we wanted to go into business, like our, our why, start with why, was uh, we didn't want to be tied down to a specific location. So we wanted the ability to travel. We wanted the ability to have a business that we could take with us anywhere in the world. So we didn't want to have a factory or a, a plant of people that we had to manage and yeah. oversee. And we didn't know if we wanted to move back to the States. So, so eventually I dismissed the idea and she says, I got this, this other thing. She's like, hear me out. And I'm like, oh, not the Scrabble tile thing again. And she's like, she's like, no, 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 no. hear me out. She's like, take a look at these guys. They're not selling the jewelry. They're selling the tutorial on how to make the jewelry yeah. and check out what they're making. And on Etsy, and I didn't mention this, but on Etsy, you could see someone's daily sales. So you could see exactly how much they were selling yeah. every single day. And she's like, these people, look, they're making, they're not making a grand a day, but they're making like $500 a day. And the best part, it's all profit. Yeah. And back then, $500 a day for me was like, all right, I can, like, I could do this. Like, if we just sell this, like, work any, you know, anywhere we want, like, I could do this. And so we and went I, down I'd that path. I would imagine to a point as well, is it, was it passive revenue? Once you've created the tutorials, et cetera, get it all set up, it's just, it's just consistent, constant, and like you say, it can, well, it can be anywhere. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And that was the allure. Now, it turns out it's not, I think the, the dream of, and it, entirely passive income mm. is a little bit of a misconception. I, I mean, agree on this think, one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you chase passive income. And I think the idea of making money when you sleep is totally legit. I'm, I'm going to say, I don't think that I know that because yeah. we make money when, while we sleep, yeah. but the idea that you can just, and maybe I just haven't reached that point yet, but the idea that you can just make a million dollars a month, sipping my ties on a beach somewhere, <laughs> just having to log into the computer to check your bank account and never have to do anything else. Um, <laughs> I think there's a myth to that. So we said, oh, so I say, okay, cool. And she shows me this, this, uh, the tutorial thing. And she's like, and Ryan, I bought it and it's not very good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, all of a sudden the light bulbs are starting to go off in my head. I'm hearing, I'm thinking, all right, um, someone's succeeding in spite of themselves. So they're succeeding, but they have an inferior product, meaning that if we just build a better mousetrap, people are going to come to us. That's the first thought I have. Yeah. Second thought I have is who made all the money in the 1849 gold rush in the California coast? Picks yeah. and shovels. Shovels. Right? So that was our first little business. We made a couple thousand dollars a month. I quit my job, move in with my wife in student housing effectively in Hong Kong, tiny little 400 square foot apartment. Um, I don't, 
Don't even ask me what that is in meters. I'm, 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 actually, I'm terrible I actually, with these I'm into the square foot at the moment because, yeah, all the houses I'm looking at in America, they're all square foot. And I'm trying to work them out compared to my house. And, like, we don't know what it is over here. So like, we don't do Put square it this foot. Way. I here. can see your, your what the space behind you, 400 square feet, is probably <laughs> smaller than the space that you're in right now. And so we're there, and all I have is my laptop. I sell everything that I own except for two suitcases, what I could fit into two suitcases, move in with my wife, and, all right, just get to work. And I'd get up every single morning, five o'clock. We lived on an island that there were no cars allowed on the island. You'd take a ferry to Hong Kong Island or to the mainland. So I'd do a lap around, two laps around the island every single morning at 5 a.m. to kind of get me revved up. Yeah. And then just go to work. And I did that. We took the business from a couple thousand bucks a month to almost $10,000 a month. And we're thinking, we're on our way. And then just like the world financial markets crashed, AIG, Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, it was like the same thing happened all over again, except as funny as this is going to sound, it was the Scrabble tile jewelry market. Oh, it's just about sad. I don't, I'm going to try not to laugh. I, it, you can, I, and I laugh when I say it because it's, it's funny, but it's true. It was just a stupid fad. Yeah. It was like overnight, people were like, all right, I got my thing. I'm not buying this anymore. Yeah. So people stopped buying it. People stopped selling it. Prices went from like $40 for one of those little things to like $4.95. Whoa. So there's no money to be made in this. People stop buying the tutorials because what happens? People start posting stuff online for free, ripping us off, doing yeah. all sorts of stuff like that. So our business went to like nothing. So we kind of have this moment where we look at each other and we're like, what are we going to do? Like I left my job. Um, we don't have much in savings. I walked away from stock options, long-term compensation. So I just, I walked away from all that. Like I had to, I literally, you know, took the golden handcuffs, clipped them off my wrist and just walked away. Yeah. So it wasn't like I had this huge safety net in savings that we could just rely on. We were kind of in a tough spot. So, so she, sh she says, all right, well, I'll get a job. And so she applies to a couple of jobs and she's offered a job as a museum curator, which is what her background, at, background yeah. is in Texas. And the pay $36,000 a year. That's like, that's nothing. Yeah. Two people living on $36,000 a year. I mean, we're not on food stamps, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like 20, 25,000 pounds. Yeah. For Something two like that. Yeah. yeah. So after taxes, after rent, after health insurance, like all of those expenses, we moved into a, the cheapest apartment we could find that didn't have bars on the windows. Yeah. We got a $200 mattress. We put it on the floor, no bed, just a mattress on the floor. Our living room furniture, I tell this story, we opened up a bank account when we moved back to the U.S. and the prize was a lawn chair, like a folding <laughs> chair that you take to watch a fo you know, football game yeah. outside, right? And my wife, because she's like hardcore negotiator, yeah. she managed to get two chairs <laughs> instead of one. Then. Yeah. So that became our living room furniture. I learned my lesson. Yeah. Never go into a fad market. Hmm evergreen markets, markets that are going to be here today and be here 50 years from now. Yeah. So the next market that we went into was the gardening market. And I learned a ton of lessons about what to do right, what to do wrong, what we did wrong. And so in that next business, we took it from nothing. First month, we made $377. So when you say gardening, 18, what exactly were you doing with gardening? Information. Yeah. So we were selling information. So we published a book, we published newsletter, we published a DVD. We went on and created master classes, a membership site. We basically went deep into yeah. the gardening market. And we took that from $377 is what we made in our first month. Within 18 months, we're making $24,800, I think, is what we did in our 18 month. My wife 
at that point said, all right, I think I can quit my job. She quit her job. Yep. We moved from this small city in South Texas up to Austin, where we live now. We launched our next business, the memory business, Rocket Memory, which people are familiar with from the book Ask. I tell the story of how we launched that business and just launched market after market after yeah. market. Now, 23 markets later, using the same formula, we've generated over $100 million in sales. And those days where we were living on nothing uh, feel like, a, like another, a lifetime ago. And today we have everything that we, you know, we've got a fancy house, fancy cars, we've got, you know, housekeeper, we've got cook, we've got, you know, all the trappings of life that you could imagine. But I tell people to get to that point, to get to the cool, soft sand yeah. underneath your feet, you have to walk through the hot coals. Oh, yeah. And most people aren't willing to do it. They just want to jump to that cool, soft sand. And, you know, we started our first business in 2008. Uh, to where we got to today. We've got a team of 25 say, people. And I mean, amongst this story, when did it when did it start to get a little bit softer on you? I'm sure I'm sure from what I hear as well, you keep working really hard, you keep grinding it. But when right. did it start to, you feel like it was turning? I know what sort of time is, how many years ago was that? And also our, uh, our Yoda question, who helped awaken your alpha? Because this sounds so far like a very sort of personal journey that you were there very alone and uh, a pure solopreneur, it sounds like. I know your wife was by your side. If you yeah. want. But was there any figures you ever aspired to or just, or just helped you? It's a great question. So I'll take the second question first. So the Yoda in my life is a man by the name of Dr. Glenn Livingston. So Dr. Glenn is a former psychologist who successfully entered 17 tiny little niche markets using this obscure formula that he had developed. And he was the first person in the world of making money online that yeah. I actually trusted. He comes from a family of over a dozen PhD psychologists. And I bought his training course when we lived in China. One of his yeah. training courses, like a $2,000 course, most expensive thing I'd ever purchased online in my life. It was very yeah. numbers driven. It's very analytical. And I went through it in an entire weekend. And I said, this is genius. And that was the, 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 the tactical piece that I needed to get me over the hump. That, and I tell the story in the book of how I was introduced to Dr. Glenn and Gary Halbert was my other big mentor, my other Yoda. I never knew him personally, but I studied his work intensely to learn the art of writing copy, inspiring people into action through written communication and combining Gary Halbert's style of communication with Glenn Livingston's approach to research led me down that path. They were my two biggest influences to take me from nothing to where we, you know, that first level yeah. of success. And you're right, you, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. And I, you know, Glenn wrote the foreword to the book Ask. Um, I'm deeply in, indebted to him forever. And he knows that. And I've told him that. And I've mentioned his name many, many times. Because you're absolutely right. Without that, without that first step, yeah. I wouldn't have known even where to start. So that's the that's the the Yoda question. Um, when did things get easier? <laughs> I think when we moved to Austin. Yeah. Um, when we had gotten to that kind of twenty five thousand dollar a month level, um, I still thought it. You know, to be honest, I still thought it was a fluke. Yeah. And then the second, the third business that, because I was worried, like the Scrabble business, I was worried, what if it happens again? What if it all disappears? That's the thing, yeah. If you've got that in the back of your mind, like you say, you know, you just don't want to, 
I don't think I think it's always that person who's just over, overly confident and just thinks they've got it nailed. You know, I think that's just a little bit short sighted, and you know, you're heading for a fall to a point. Oh yeah, I'm. I am. I thought it was a fluke, and so, and so I launched a, a third business, the the memory business. Yeah. And again, we had success. What would you say? You talked about um, writing good sales copy. What would you say if you was is your area of mastery? I know you've mentioned sales copy, but I think it's, it's definitely more than that. How do how do you sort of have such a track record of success when obviously lots of people are trying? What do you think is sort of what you what you've got nailed or you're doing very well over and over again? I mean, the answer is actually pretty simple. It's the ask formula. Yeah, no, this is good. It right. truly is, and I'm not just saying that no. to, to plug the book, but it took me a while to realize this that the formula itself is the hero in the journey. Mm. It has less to do with me than I would even, I'm almost willing to admit. I almost wish it was more about my brilliance. Yeah. It is truly the formula. What that means is that if you have application access to the formula. Then. You can take the application then because like anything, some you've got some brilliant information, but it's all about applications. So you apply it very well. So can you give us a little sort of a, an overview of what the ask formula is? Sure. So the ask formula, 30,000 foot view, is really, it's a formula that you can use to uncover what it is that your customers really want to buy. Yeah. Not what they think they want, not even what they say they want, but what they really want to buy, and more importantly, what they want to buy specifically from you. That's the highest level. Mm -hmm. One level down is it's about asking the right questions at the right time to uncover that information. And the right questions are a little counterintuitive. They're not the questions you think you would ask. So most people ask, is it as simple as just, well, asking what people want? Well, the, fall is, the fallacy in that is that people don't know what they want. And Steve Jobs is famous for saying this. People don't know what they want until they've seen it. So if people don't know what they want until they've seen it, what do you need to ask? Well, that's what the ask formula is all about. It's about asking specific questions at the right time that give you this nugget, these nuggets of information that then you can use to market, to communicate back to your audience. So one of the things that I talk about in the book is starting with this concept that I call the deep dive survey. The deep dive survey is a series of questions that you ask to identify What's the single biggest challenge or struggle or frustration that someone's having related to the problem you're intending on solving? And by the way, talking about mistakes that people make along the way, one of the biggest ones is that people, when they go into business or they have a, an idea, they start with, they say, I've got a brilliant idea for a product, I'm going to try to sell it. And that's the complete wrong way to go about business. Mm -hmm. Business is nothing more than Solving a problem that people are willing to pay money to solve, pure and simple. So what you have to do is find a problem that people are, that they give you an indication that they're going to pay money to solve it. So how do you do that? Well, there's certain things you look for. You ask certain questions and you can pay attention to response length. People who give longer responses, it's an indication of hyper-responsiveness or passion. And if someone gives you this long, detailed response, giving you their life story about why this problem has been so challenging for them to solve, if you said, well, if I had a solution, would you be willing to pay money to, to, to get that solution? That person's likely to say yes. Yeah. 
Whereas if someone gives you a one word answer, what's the biggest challenge you've had about, you know, uh, losing weight and they say where to start. Yeah. Chances are they're probably not super passionate about <laughs> solving that problem. Right. Yeah. So that's one example. There are other indicators that you can look for. And so the ask formula, I know we won't have time to get into all the, well, the this, nuts and bolts and nitty gritty, but a good time to mention, but anyone who's listening into this though, they can get a free copy of your book. So you're giving away again to the Awaken Your Alpha listeners 50 free copies. I should say 49 because I'm, I'm taking one right away. <laughs> I, sh I should have one already, shouldn't I? But <laughs> 50 free copies. Um, they just go to, which we're going to give all the contact details at the end and have it on the website as well. And just sure. put in the coupon code uh, alpha. So if you, yes. if you I like the sound actually, of that, I have dig 50 into that. copies, soon to be 49, literally <laughs> here in my office. I've got a post-it note on the stack with your name on them. So that stack hits the ground, they're literally gone. So um, I'm really excited to do this. And I know you'll mention the details at the end. So yes, um, I know we don't have time to cover everything. And uh, we're kind of uh, talking about the high level. Um, but the good news is, is that the formula is all there. And for someone who's interested, you can get a free copy, just the cost of shipping. Perfect. Well, in, in starting to wrap this up a little bit then, we're going to go into the alpha round. And uh, I'd like to start that as well today with, is there a particular quote that either you like, you're a fan of, it's a lifelong fan, or it just really helps you, the way you live your life on a daily basis? Is there anything that springs to mind? There's two. So the first is you don't have to get it perfect. You just have to get it going. Mm. I think so many of us get this perfection paralysis, like we kind of get into this mode where we have to plan and think and how are we going to do this and, and it's like we're scripting a game of chess or we're scripting a game of football or basketball or you know, pick your sport. You can't script it. Mm. You can prepare. You just, got to get, you just got to get into the game. Get into the game and you're going to learn as you go. And for me, that's, I always remind myself of that. And the corollary to that is what I consider to be the five most profitable words of my career, which is screw it, just do it. Ah. Every time that I've hesitated and said, do I do it, do I not do it, and I have to give myself a kick in the butt, like that time we talked about in Shanghai, do I hand in that resignation letter, the time starting that first business, the time of moving back to the US, screw it, just do it. And when you don't look back, it becomes the right decision. You make it the right decision. So I always echo those words in my mind whenever I'm finding myself hesitating on what to do next. Brilliant. And uh, we, we're going to ask as well, is there anything that you use, if it's a gadget, uh, a technique that helps make you hyper-productive? And I'm going to link this in as well with a question from a listener. So this is a question from Dan Meredith from England. <laughs> and his question is that I'm passing on. How do you manage to do so much? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. So I keep, it's taken me a long time to really dial in how I work best. So I've learned that I work best in, for intense short periods of time. Short is a relative term. Mm. And I need times to just check out. I've got two modes. I'm like the blender that you've got on and off. That's it no variable speed. So what that means is I'm, when I'm on, I'm on. But when I'm off, like on a weekend, when I'm at home with my two kids and my wife and we're just chilling, I like to just chill. I'm not like 
you know, work hard, play hard, where I'm working hard and then I'm going out, staying out till three in the morning. No, I need a good night's sleep. I need to relax. I just need to hang. So that's the first thing. So it's understanding your style of work. Yeah. On a very tactical level, let's talk tactical for a moment. So right now, I'm on a standing desk. I've got triple monitors, three 27-inch Asus monitors. I'm on an anti-fatigue mat. I stand up all day. I've got, normally, if we weren't doing an interview, I live with this wireless headset that allows me to walk around our yeah. four-story house. I spend time outside. I'm able to just constantly move, That's, which keeps yeah, the blood flow ideas difference. going. Yeah. Right now, oh. I have a liquid diet, so not entirely liquid, yeah. but I've got Green smoothie. smoothie green juice, freshly squeezed. Beautiful. I have it pre-prepared for me. So all I need to do is walk into the fridge, grab it. But this is what, this is, I mean, someone else could interpret like, oh, you've got a, you know, you've got like a desk job or someone could be exactly the same situation as you, but how they approach it, much like how people, different people approach life, they could just sit at their computer all day and feel grotty. Whereas obviously you're up, you're fueling your body right. You just that little headset, you're doing your work, you're standing up, you're out and about, and it makes a huge difference. I'll tell you, man, and you know this, right? It's like those small little things. Like you think, what's the big deal? But putting the right fuel in your body, standing up, good posture, uh, the anti-fatigue mat, as simple as that sounds, as opposed to standing on a hardwood floor, mm. all these little things give you that alpha edge, right? Yeah. They give you that incremental, that, that incremental edge that cumulatively creates this massive gain. Yeah. And what works for me, I'm not trying to say that this is the this is dogmatic. What works for you, Adam, is gonna be different than what works for mm -hmm. me, but the theme is to pay attention and try different things until you find what really works yeah. best for you. And like you said, the, the little accumulation in going in the right way in the alpha sense, if yeah. you leave it and just think, oh, I'll leave it, the uh, <laughs> negative accumulation happens the other way. And if you, if you don't be proactive on it, other things slip in, little habits slip in, and yeah, you can go the other way. I think, way well. you know, in business and life, this is going to be extreme, but I believe this. You're either growing or you're dying. Mm. A business is either in growth mode or it's in decline mode. In life, you're either growing or you're declining. There's no, there's no neutral. Just like a shark, right? Shark is always moving. There's no <laughs> neutral. And or riding a bicycle. Try standing on a bicycle without moving. You have to be moving. So it's just a question of what direction are you going to be moving. So, um, and I think this is, you know, this is what you teach. This is what you advocate. Finding that alpha, awakening that alpha. It's all, it's about these small things that really do add up. Yeah. All right. I'm very aware of the time, my man. So don't you worry. So just in wrapping up then, um, who would you recommend I interview next or very soon for Awaken Your Alpha? Who's in your network that you think, yeah, they should be on this show? Hmm, you ask a great question. And I thought about this earlier. So another high energy guy that I respect, who's in my world, who's in the marketing world, but who also is a high achiever, is a man by the name of Todd Brown. Todd Brown, okay. And so Todd, similar to me, I, we didn't get to this, but I overcame some major health challenges where I got very ill. That was the other alpha moment in my life Blimey. that awakened. The reason why I wrote the book yeah. is I came to the, I almost, I nearly died. I was in ICU for 10 days almost on life support after my, my, my first son was born and was six months old. And that's what, what inspired me saying, to what, basically. Obviously, we can't get into it too much now, but what, what happened? I know you've got other things coming up. I slipped into a state called DKA and almost fell into a coma. 
And I was rushed to the emergency room, spent 10 days in the ICU, and I was separated from my wife and my six-month-old son for that time. And it made me really reflect on what I wanted to do with my life. And I came out of that deciding that instead of keeping what I considered to be my secret family recipe, what's been responsible for generating all my wealth, I said, the world needs to know this. Hmm. And unlike most books that they tease you and make you buy some crazy expensive course to get the real me, I just put it all out there. And I said, what would happen if we just release this into the world? And that's why I'm so excited about this book is because my mission in life is simple. I want every website in the world to use this ask formula. And when you see this formula, when you check out the book, when you get your copy, I think you're going to understand why this book came out of nowhere to be the number one best-selling book. USA Today, Publishers Weekly, Amazon.com, number one across every category. People are resonating with this approach. We started with $500 in the bank. Yeah. And now we work from home and make $5 million a year. People love that story. And the fact that we give away the step-by-step how-to, I think has made people love it. So that's what I'm most excited about, super passionate about it. The reason for Todd, he overcame a health challenge not too long ago where he suffered from a heart attack and he came back and he's doing amazing things. So he's, I think, reawakened his alpha. I think he'd be a great guest for you and uh, he gets my highest endorsement. Perfect. And then what's the best way, I mean, we've touched on so much, apart from picking up the book and I'm going to talk a bit when you've gone about your um, next level mastermind that sure. you can get again, we're going to give you a little deal, get into that as well when you've gone yes but what's the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more absolutely so the book ask is available uh, nationwide across the United States in the UK Australia around the world on Amazon Barnes and Noble bookstores airport bookstores that's the best way to get into my world to connect with me and uh, from there you'll talk about the next level mastermind which is a great opportunity for people who are ready to take the next step, who want to take their lives and their business to the next level. Absolutely perfect. Well, thank you so much to, uh, for take, talking to me today, and I hope you have an awesome rest of the day. It's been a pleasure, man. Absolutely, my man. And when you make it to Michigan and you say, you know what, we got to head out of this cold winter and make it down to somewhere warm. <laughs> I was going to say, Texas, Texas is hot, man. Look me it? up and we'll get together. I'll take you out for some nice barbecue. Head over to ayalpha.com the number one place for you to get the most out of the show. Awaken, the Entrepreneur Rises, a live event in Southern California, right near LAX on Manhattan Beach. So that is out there. So head over to ayalpha.com forward slash awaken to get all the details for that. That is why I'm putting all my heart and soul. 50 tickets for the entire event. That's how big the room is. Save the date, 29th and 30th of April. It is time to awaken your alpha.